Franklin was working hard to improve Philadelphia. With the help of the Junto and the Gazette, he founded the city's first volunteer fire department and reorganized the Watch, the city's policeman who patrolled the streets at night. To give everyone a better chance to educate themselves, he founded a subscription library, the first in America. He was also the guiding spirit behind the creation of the Pennsylvania Hospital and the Philadelphia Academy, which eventually became the University of Pennsylvania. He helped to organize the colony's first militia, the Philadelphia Associators, to provide a defense against a threatened French and Spanish invasion. At the same time, he served as clerk of the Pennsylvania Assembly. In all of these areas, Franklin practiced a very unusual strategy of leadership. When he first began soliciting subscriptions for the library, he met with objections and reluctances. He swiftly saw that others envied him because they thought he was tackling the job solely to get the credit for it. From that moment, Franklin put himself as much as I could out of sight and described the project as a scheme of a number of friends who had requested him to gather the support of lovers of reading. The library was soon thriving, and henceforth Franklin stayed behind the scenes, never attempting to take the credit or the glory for anything he achieved. Only one thing marred Franklin's happiness. Two years after his marriage, Deborah had given birth to a son whom Franklin named Francis Folger. At the age of four, the little boy died of smallpox. After this sad loss, Deborah became more and more jealous of William. She resented the attention Franklin showered on his only son. Franklin was a generous father. He bought William expensive presents, such as a pony, which the boy let wander away. Even after her daughter Sarah was born in 1743, Deborah still resented William's presence in the house. As he grew older, William could not help but notice that his stepmother did not like him, for Deborah had a very sharp tongue. Franklin did his best to soothe their quarrels, but he was not always successful. At the same time, Franklin was thinking about his own future. By 1745, he was a successful, moderately wealthy man with an income of well over 2,000 pounds or about $50,000 a year. An ordinary working man considered himself lucky to make 15 pounds a year. He owned several houses in Philadelphia and received rents from them. But Franklin saw no point in continuing to pile up more and more money. He called this the pursuit of wealth to no purpose and told a funny story about it. One day... He visited a very wealthy Philadelphia friend who took him through his expensive new house. The rooms were huge, and each time Franklin asked him why he had given himself so much space. The man replied, Because I can afford it. Finally, Franklin smiled and said, 
Why don't you buy a hat six times too big for your head? You can afford that, too. That kind of empty life was not for him, Franklin concluded. Instead, at the age of forty-two, he decided to retire from business. Not long before this, he had hired a new printer, a Scotsman named David Hall. He was a very competent man, and Franklin liked him, and he offered Hall a chance to become his partner and run the business if Hall would agree to pay Franklin half the profits from the Pennsylvania Gazette and Poor Richard's Almanac and other work done by the print shop for the next twenty years. At the end of that time, Hall would become the full owner of the business. Naturally, Hall leaped at the chance. People in Philadelphia wondered what Franklin was going to do. Some of his friends thought he was crazy to give up a profitable business that could have made him one of the richest men in America. They were even more amazed to discover that the retired Franklin was working harder than ever. But now he was not trying to make money. He was trying to solve the mysteries of electricity.